Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Gian. Chad, uh, before we get into our interview, which is phenomenal and personal to both of us, um, I want to read to you a, um, a review that, that we got um, on, on our podcast app. Um, and it's from a username that just lots of numbers in there, but um, it's, it, you know, he or she said, I'm really enjoying this journey of learning from coaches and leaders about being a better Christian coach. And that's, that's why we started this, this podcast, right, Chad? That's to, to help others while we are also growing to be, become better, better coaches, um, but share those conversations so that it can impact as many lives as we can. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, I know, Jane, you, you created this um the survey uh that we'd love for for our listeners to fill out just we want to know who's listening and and your, your backgrounds and the sports you play and divisions that you coach so if you'd be willing to do that that'd help us uh, serve you guys better um and we'll post that on our, our on our twitter so that you guys can do that yeah we'll add it we'll add it to these show notes as well and we'll be adding it to this the the following episodes as well so that we can gather as much information so that we can maybe start scheduling guests that are more appropriate to our to our audience, um, maybe ask better questions um, that can better serve our audience as well. And we're looking forward to getting to know you guys um, more personally. For sure. And, and for this episode here, Gian, uh, you had the opportunity to talk with our uh, athletic director when we were student athletes, Jeff Barber. Yeah, what a great guy he is. Um, I was just down there at Charleston Southern um, a few weeks ago with our team to play to play tennis down there um he wasn't there but he was he was nice enough to send us a message and wishing us good luck even though we were playing their uh their their team um the one thing i remembered uh while as a student athlete and jeff barber was the ad here at liberty was how personal he was so personable he was you know and he really cared about development of their coaches but also the players um the athletes the staff that was around them and he always talked about excellence and i do ask him about excellence in the athletics department. Um, one quick story was when we started becoming coaches, our first ever blue chip recruit came on campus, Chad, for, for a visit. And he took the time to come out to practice and actually hit a ball with the recruit. Nice. You know? And he, he was just so happy to just do that. Um, he was just hitting balls back and forth with the recruit and the recruit thought that was hilarious, you know, having the AD come down, you know, and sometimes ADs are only focused on basketball and football because that's the revenue sports but he was nice enough to know the importance of having that recruit on campus come down and, and do that personal touch for sure yeah and, and my memory he, he shares a little about this but um just with having our team over for uh like a family dinner to his house i remember the ping pong table and st louis cardinals memorabilia and and even his wife's involvement with the program there i remember him him and his wife being at our conference tournament my senior year and um i remember talking with with miss donna uh, about um she was asking about my engagement i just got engaged to my wife and she was just, oh how sweet just listening so kind but uh that's the kind of athletic director jeff barber is and uh, you did a phenomenal interview Jean, and, and we're so excited to get into it right now Mr. Barber, thank you so much for being on the Christian Coach Podcast. We like to start every conversation with our power question, and that's, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, I get called coach a lot, Gene, and, and first of all, thank you so much for allowing me to be part of this. I appreciate that a lot, and I 
I miss seeing your your pretty face. Uh, so I hope all's well with you and your family. You know, I get called coach, but I actually as an athletic director, I guess you could make a case that I am a coach. But what does it mean for me to be a Christian AD? I think um, I think the main thing it means to me is uh, is unique because. God's led me to be an AD at two Christian schools. So at Liberty and Charleston Southern, right? So the beauty of that is you can be a Christian and do what you love to do or do your job and not be ashamed of it and not have to hide it. And, and I've talked to enough other ADs in the league, in the country, excuse me, that say, man, I could never pray with my team. Or no, I can't put a Bible on my desk. And so, you know, it, it really is probably a two-part thing. It's it's awesome being an AD and being a Christian AD, but, you know, because I can be who I want to be. And, and those are the kind of coaches that I'm trying to hire and staff I'm hiring here at Charleston Southern is other Christians. But the real, real answer to your question would really fall under the word influence. Uh, I, I think, Gene, I'm a, a firm believer that God puts us on this earth with certain skill sets and good and bad and all that. We all have a good and bad, but, at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is heaven and earth and, and God and Jesus and the kingdom. And so whether I'm an AD or a coach or whether I run the local uh, tropical smoothie store, wherever God puts us, you know, I think it's our responsibility to have great influence for the Lord. And so life is a lot bigger than a season, you know, winning a tennis match, winning a season, winning the championship or anything else. <clears throat> you know, life is goes forever you know, we, well, with eternity. So I, I really feel called that God, you know, God has just told me, Jeff, I need you to have influence for me as a Christian. So, so what does that mean in the world of college athletics? It means a, a, a number of different things. Uh, it needs to be an example to the other ADs in this league. It means being another example, a Christian example to coaches in the league uh, or anywhere in the country or any AD in the country. It means having an influence over our staff. And, and I'll explain in a second what I mean by influence, but that the people that work with me see Christ in what I do and how I treat them and all that. But probably most important is the influence that I can potentially have on student athletes. These are young people, 18 to 22 or three, whatever. They're impressionable. They look at an AD and, you know, or a coach and, you know, we're kind of up here on the shelf. If they only knew we should be down under the, under the shelf, but, uh, but they, they look up to us and it's such a beautiful opportunity to show people Christ. It's such a great chance to have influence on their life. And what that means is the way I treat people, you know, the way I treat um, my wife. So my wife, Donna, you know, Donna, she's uh, always been one to be very involved with our athletics and, be around and you know how does this Christian AD treat his wife uh how does we have a lot of teams come into our house for dinner uh not with COVID but uh we've had to put it on pause but uh, but you know at Liberty and here as well you know I really we've had a lot of teams in and student athletes and you were one of them and you know how do I treat my wife how do I treat my children how do I treat each other and so I really think that God has put me in athletics to have influence on people and that's a big responsibility because, you know, there are a lot of eyeballs that are looking at you. We have 340 student athletes here, and, and that's, that'd be about 680 eyeballs looking at me, you know, wondering how does Mr. Barber do this, and how does he react in adversity, and how does he react when he gets knocked down, and how does he treat me, but how does he treat – we unfortunately had a football player that died last week, and, you know, what is – how does he – so, again, 
coach, AD, it doesn't matter. You know, I love it that I can be an influence. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. I don't get it all. I don't always get it right. Sometimes I screw up like everybody else, and I'm no more perfect than anyone. And I tell people, if you ever find a perfect place, please don't invite me because I'll probably mess it up in the first 10 minutes. But but influence is really why I do what I do, and it's why I'm, I want to be an AD because I've seen it up close and personal that you do have great influence. And it's not just on the people I mentioned. I've had opportunities to have parents had people I don't know. In fact, just a couple of days ago, I had somebody message me on Twitter my first year here in a soccer game at Campbell in the first round of the Big South Tournament. We had a girl go down and I helped the trainer and picked the girl up. And I walked over, helped walk her off the field. And I, again, I, I just felt like, I mean, you just do it because it's the right way to do things or whatever. And if you, if you don't mind, I'll read you this thing that I got a message. This guy messaged me on, on, uh, on Twitter the other day and noted that picture. So a lot of times people will reach out and they see a coaches and they don't, we don't know people are watching, but I can promise you people are watching what we do. And when we do things the right way, and, and show people Christ and all that. There are a lot of people in the stands that are watching that we have no idea about. And so it, it's such a great opportunity. I'm having a little bit of trouble finding it. It's okay. But, but it, it's one of those things that, that, you know, it's just an opportunity for coaches and an AD as well, just to be able to show people who Christ is and how, you, how are we supposed to treat people. And again, I, I was blown away when I got this tweet from this person um, and, and he said just some really nice things about, you know, you being an AD and help carry this girl, you know, such a servant or whatever, whatever. I can't find him. Okay. But I got a text today from a guy I used to work with, and, and he said, man, I can trust you. And once my dad passed away, I got this text two hours ago, um, and he worked in the athletic department at Liberty with me, and he said, I need to, I need to talk with you because now that my dad's gone, I don't have anybody else I can talk to that I trust. Well, I didn't intentionally try to win the guy over or whatever. And I'm, again, I am not saying I don't screw up because I do more than anybody else in this world. But when you when you have a work on having an influence in people's lives, you know, it's just endless how far that goes. And the truth is, Gene, maybe you and your wife saw Don and I and the way we treated our kids, and we can have just such great influence. And don't ever think that somebody's not watching because everybody's watching. And um Boy, if we can emulate Christ, what what more can we do in this world to emulate him and help grow the kingdom by the way we act and treat people? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for answering that. Um, talking about Donna, she makes the best uh, banana pudding that, that I've ever eaten. Um, Richie, Richie McKay used to always call it high D1. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we love Donna. I think you you did a great job of incorporating her into the athletics department here at Liberty and I know she does it again um, at Charleston Southern and it was always great to see how yeah. you both interacted with each other and with your children I was able to see yeah. your children grow up because I've been at Liberty for so long now sure, um, sure. and and you've always led with such great passion and love which are two different words you know um, yeah. and and that was a great example for me to follow <laughs> even after yeah. you left um, yeah. One of the things that always stood out to me as a student athlete and even now in then coaching under you was that you memorized everyone's name. 
you <laughs> somehow had the skill. You could know, you know, every single staff member and athlete, and that's more than 500 people. Um, how did you do that first? And what was the meaning behind knowing that? Well, you've heard the saying, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I didn't intentionally do that. I just think it's one of the ways God made me, but I'm going to backtrack to a couple of previous jobs. I was at Furman one time and we were having a hall of fame banquet and I stood in front of a crowd and I went through and said stories and did things. And my brother was there and he went, how did you remember all that? When I was at South Carolina, I was the head of the Gamecock club at Carolina and we had 15,000 members and, and, uh, and Chris Massaro was the ticket manager. And I never forget, he came up to me, he said, how do you do it? And I said, what? How do you remember people's names? He's now the AD at Middle Tennessee State. And uh, he's like, how do you remember? You remember everybody's name. And it's a really good question, and I don't have a very good answer, other than I could also – and this is going to sound bad. So I could also forget names, but it's like the, the things that are important, not that everybody's not important, but if I meet a man in a grocery store and he's a lawyer, but I don't, he's not a CSU fan or potential donor or whatever, I don't forget faces, but I would forget his name. It's almost, again, I don't know what it is, my, whatever my memory is, it, it, it ramps up when I meet people that I, that I care about, especially, and that I want to know their names and I don't, I want to be able to remember and they used to say that about Dr. Falwell, too. He was better at it than I am. But I don't know, Jen. I just think I just cared about those student athletes and coaches, and I care who they are. And, and when you tell me your name, you know, I will give you a little trick, and this might, this might be helpful. I don't always remember the wife's name, okay? So what I started doing years ago is I would put um, a person's name in the phone, and when I found, you know, who's your wife? And then I'd go home, and I'd put it in their, in their contact. So, so when I would see that person later, I might go to my phone and cheat and I'd remember their name, but I mean, Oh yeah, his wife's yeah. name is Eric. So I'd be like, and how's Erica doing? And how do you remember her name? You know? So yeah, sometimes we do a little tricks like that, yeah. but it's just, I think it's just a matter that I just, I don't know. I uh, just care about these kids and I care about our coaching staff and our staff and it just sticks up there. Nothing. That's, I don't do anything special. That's great. Um, one of the <laughs> words that I would classify well one of the words that i would use to to describe the programs that you've built and you've built several programs right um firm you were at Furman and you you know you you helped them grow and then south carolina liberty and now at charleston southern but one word that everywhere you've gone i could describe it as it's excellence um mm -hmm. i think everywhere you've been you've done an excellent job and the program has become m more excellent because of you being there um what is the role of excellence in leading an athletics department and how do you instill that in the people, you know, working underneath? Ooh, great question. Great question. And thank you for mentioning that. Uh, I just have a passion for excellence. You know, Dr. Falwell, come back to Dr. Falwell. He used to always say, if it's Christian, it ought to be better. And that's probably, to be honest with you, growing up an East Carolina fan, I grew up in Greenville, North Carolina, went to East Carolina and actually worked there. That's where I started my college, my college trips. And, um, and, uh, you know, you kind of feel like you're um, kind of a redheaded stepchild. I hope I, I don't get in trouble for saying that. But you kind of feel like you're not, Carol you're not North Carolina. You're not North Carolina State. You're not Duke. You're not Wake. So you really don't count. And I've just never bought into that. 
And so even in South Carolina, I felt like the underdog. And, you know, here at CSU or maybe Liberty, you say, why do you feel the underdog there? Because Florida was better, because Georgia was better, because Tennessee was better or whatever it was. And I've just driven. I just believe in being the very, very best that we can. And so <clears throat> so how do you get that into, into uh, a staff? Um, well, it's just something that you have to keep talking about and you have to hold people accountable. And that's hard. Um, <clears throat> So I just had a, a meeting, a, a meeting with one of my staff members and I was disappointed in, because uh, six months ago when I did his performance review, we talked about attitude and effort and taking care of little things to make sure things. And I just have noticed some things recently and I just called him in and I'm like, dude, I mean, I, I've tried being mediocre and a little bit sloppy and I'm just not very good at that. And so I've got to have you, I need you to be excellent too. And I need you to do things. We don't have a big budget here, but the best we can to model excellence, you know, do all to the glory of God. I mean, God wants us to give us his best. And, and so, you know, I talk about it when I did my interview at Charleston Southern, I actually had a, a folder thing I handed and the title was passion for excellence. And I, I feel that way. And I want to be that way in everything. I want people to come to a football game. You say this for Liberty, and I want the ticket takers to be the best in the league, and I want to be the cleanest bathrooms, and I want – and it's not a pride thing. I'm not doing it. To, I just – you know, we're representing the Lord as a Christian school. But even if I wasn't, I would want to – I'm a competitor, and I would want to be as excellent as we can be. So not everybody wants that. And I told this, this person on the phone today, on the Zoom today, I said, look, I just want to make sure we're real clear about my expectation because the president of the university and I – were on at, at a game the other day, we're doing something that he should have been done. And on top, we did it. We weren't patting ourselves in the back, but that's his job to do that. I said, I don't want to do your job. I want you to do your job. And so you have to keep reminding people. And then it comes down to this, Gene. If you don't, if that's not something you want to be held accountable for, then you probably need to go to find something else. Because I'm, I told him I, I was going to go do this, but I thought, no, that'll, that'll be, I'll probably see more problems. And I don't, and I say, now I feel like I'm getting in the gutter with, with mediocrity. And I just don't want to do that. I'm just not, that's just not who I am. It can be a pain in the neck sometimes. I get it. And I have to really keep things in focus of our budget and our situation. And you can't, I can't expect to be the way they, they're doing things at Clemson right now or even Liberty, whatever. Yeah. But there are little things that we can do. And I'm, I hope I have a chance to talk about little things with you. Um, but uh, it's just really casting your vision and then really holding people accountable and not everybody likes being held accountable. Yeah. And that's, that's when you get, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad. Here, I want to show you, we might not be able to listen on the podcast, but I have a circle hashtag the little things. Um, that was yeah. my, that was one of the preset questions I came up with um, nice. in your office a few years ago. And you showed me this list with hundreds of things that are not, very big those are not big goals or big things but it's just little little things around campus around the facilities mm -hmm. things that you want to be they want to see getting done yeah um and they little by little you're checking them off and you post it on twitter little things and sometimes it's yeah. the logo on the trash cans and or more logos on the facilities or all these little things obviously um how did you come up with that where did you start working on those things and what is the impact that it has? Yeah, well, let me just say, you know, for the folks that might be listening or listening that don't know my history, I was AD at Liberty for almost 11 years. 
And we were very blessed with online revenue to do a lot of things and do big things quickly. So here at Charleston Southern, I'm following the same blueprint, if you will, but we just don't have the revenue and the budget to do big things and make too much, too many steps at one time. And so I've been here about six months, Jen, and I was coming into a senior staff meeting and I was just really, really just drowning in issues and problems and whatever. And we always open in prayer and then we talk about our problems. And, um, and it, the, the Bible verse I was reading in my quiet time, it said, you know, when you come to God with, you know, prayer, come with Thanksgiving, right? So I, I was just, it just hit me. I'm like, you know what? We need to start our meetings with Thanksgiving, you know, because they're so depressing because so much has needs to be done. So I told the staff, we're going to pray like normal. And then I want to go around the table and I want everybody to list the little things that we've done to get better. Not that we want to do, not that we hope to do one day, but the things we've actually completed to get better. And so I went first and I said trash cans. Because the first time I went to our football stadium, the trash cans were old barrels. They were actually barrels that had detergent plastic and they cut the top off and those were the trash cans well they don't care how much you know until you know what you care and i'm like our fans are coming into this stadium and looking at a detergent for that we got to fix that so we ordered some trash cans four of them <clears throat> and they were the nice ones where you've done that at liberty you see them at clemson in georgia whatever you got the metal and the logo and colored and all that so they came in and our facility person said where do you want them to go i can tell you where they pick up the most trash and i said you know what I didn't buy these to pick up trash. And he looked at me like a lot of people do, like I've got three heads. And I'm like, James, I said, we got to go put these things in the most obvious place in the stadium that our fans are going to see it. Because I want them to walk into the stadium and I want them to know that we care about the stadium and we care about this sport. So we actually went over there and we put, we walked in and I put them. There. Now I said, if they pick up trash, that's great. I hope they do. But I'm not buying them for trash. I'm buying them for image, you know. So the next guy said palm trees. So we bought, we put in palm trees, a bunch of palm trees around the stadium. And now, as we had a senior staff meeting this past week, and we're up to 475 little things that we've done to get better. It's a new website. It's arms. We're adding arms to our department nice. now. It's a new logo. It's a new heat illness policy. It's new painting. It's hardwood floors. It's... Oh, and there are a lot of little things. And, um, you know, Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in doing good. Because if you don't quit, in time you'll reap a harvest. So I had this conversation with our entire staff at Liberty up in the club level that time. And we were, I was talking about we were working to go FBS. <clears throat> and the Bible says you're going to reap what you sow. So if we're sowing good little things and good seeds, we're going to have a good harvest one day. And, and the Bible promises that. And so the key to it, and this is what I said that day, I think I started crying. Um, we can't let time be the enemy of the harvest. So as you're building a, a tennis program, or if you're building whatever you're trying to build, then we can't let time be the enemy of the goal because the enemy is lost ball games, losing a successful coach. It could be cuts in budget. It could be losing donors. It could be a lot of different things, losing an important game, thinking you're going to go to the NCAA tournament. And somebody makes an 80 foot bass, you know, shot and you don't go now and, you know, so it can be a lot of things, but, but uh, little things uh, adding up together uh, will make something special in this place. And it's going to take time. And we just can't let time be the enemy of the harvest because in my, on my 
uh, whiteboard up here. And that's one of our little things. Cause when I got here, I didn't have a whiteboard. Um, the last thing we did, we did these really nice rubberized looking really nice bag tags with our new logo on it. Well, everybody's like, man, that is so cool. Well, it's a little thing just to get better. <clears throat> and so, you know, when you look up here, it's our athletic scoreboard. And God put our eyes in front of our head to see where we're going, not behind us to see where we've been. So a lot of times I'm having a bad day or we maybe have a tough staff meeting or because of stuff and we just open it up. So we want to keep pushing forward, right? And getting better. But when you get depressed and you get sad and you get depressed, whatever, you can turn around. That's why we got a neck and see the things that we've done. And it's an encouragement to our staff. The other day, so we got so many up here now that we it's we had this we're starting to erase rows up. So now we've got I have they're actually in Courtney's office there, but we're going to put them up to one through hundred, two hundred through three hundred, and we're going to we're going to keep them going because when we do a recruit, we're going to beat you guys on a tennis recruit. I'm going to be sitting at that table right there, and I'm going to say these are all the little things. So I read through four hundred and about fifty of it, and. And I really just sat there, Gian, and I, I, I didn't feel pride. I just like, wow, we really have done a lot of good things. And when you're having a bad day, think back and appreciate what God allowed the blessings that you had in your life. And so I had this talk. I spoke at a basketball clinic over at the College of Charleston, and there were probably 15 coaches there. And I probably had 10 of them say, you know what, we're starting to do that too. It's our scoreboard. And let's remember the good things because it's easy to concentrate on the bad. But let's remember the good things and be thankful for them. And that's little things. And it's just, um, it's going to take us a while um, because of the budget. And we need a new football stadium. We need a basketball arena. We're building one. We're in a campaign now for one in 2024. But, um, you know, one day when I'm old and retired and we'll sit back, we might have three or 4,000 little things. And, and all those things add up and have the potential to make something good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we have a lot of young coaches who listen to that one day want to be a head coach. Um, and so you being a person who does ultimately hire head coaches for Charleston Southern, what are things that you're looking for in a head coach candidate um, so that maybe sure. some listeners can start working on those things? Sure, sure. Well, I will say this, depending on where you are, it depends on what you're looking for, right? So if you're at if you're at Alabama hiring a football coach, it's obviously going to be different than what I'm doing. But you know, here at Charleston Southern, everything begins with our faith. So see, our 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 aspirations, our goals are number one to have a Christian culture. So what I would tell you is, we're going to hire a Christian here that lives lives a Christian life and is going to mentor our young people and build a Christian culture in the locker room, on the playing field, on the court, whatever. The next two things are pretty equal, and that's academics and compliance. So you're looking for people committed to those things. Uh, and I'll get a little deeper here in a minute. And then the last thing is competition. You know, we want our goal is to finish in the top three in this league, right? Doesn't mean we're always going to do it, of course, but that's the goal, right? So when I'm hiring people here, what I do, and not everybody believes the way I do. I just actually, right before you too, I was talking to an AD in this league who called me is looking to hire a particular coach, and they're asking me, how do you – you know, what do you, what do you look for? What it, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm a guy that likes to bring in people that have an experience, <clears throat> excuse me, higher than what we are. I did that at Liberty, whether it was Turner Gill or Jeff Marin or whatever it was, we brought in people that had done it at a higher level than where our school was, whichever one it is at that point. So that is me. 
I remember, now, now let me say this, when you bring in people like that, like I hired the running backs coach from Notre Dame, he's our head football coach. You're bringing in people that are used to a big per diem and they come down here and they realize, what? <laughs> so when you hire people that have been at an SEC or an ACC or Big Ten, whatever program, I have to make real clear that we are not them. And so I don't want to bring in a coach that's going to whine about what we don't have. I know what we don't have. Yeah. I know what we need. I just, and it's my job to try to get that for them, but I don't need them. So I like hiring people that have had a lot bigger experience than, and have been to the, say, the College World Series or have been to the NCAA public because they've seen it. They've seen it done at a high level. They understand. So, so for me, that's important. I know there was an AD in this league. I told me a few years ago, the next time I hire a coach, I'm going to get a D2 guy because they don't have any expectations when they get here. They're not always gimme, 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 gimme. And that's, yeah. there's a piece, there's some truth in there and some value in that. I'll be honest with you. But, but for me, um, when I hire, <clears throat> you know, I tell people I spend more time on my knees than I do on the phone because I really want to find the one that God has chosen for this job. And it's not always who I think it is or whatever. Um, but for a young coach, um, you know, I, I do tell this to people too, maybe out of a faith setting, but, you know, if you stay hungry, stay humble and treat people well. So if you stay hungry, you're always trying to learn. You're trying to get better. If you stay humble, that's got unlimited benefits, as we know. And then if you treat people well, you know, now you're having influence and now, you know, you don't do it for this reason, but now if you're an assistant tennis coach and you treat people well, then that parent, you never know. A parent of one of your players might be talking to an AD or a president at another school and said, you need to look at G and that guy, man, he, and, but you treated people well. And you, so I would tell young coaches, you know, I think first of all, coaches need to determine <clears throat> and I always ask what's your end goal. Not everybody wants to be a head coach. Not everybody wants to be a division one head coach and that's okay. Some people want to be a high school coach. That's awesome. God needs Christian high school coaches as much as he does need them in division one, two or three yep. or NAA, right? So people need to have a, you know, open it up to the Lord to lead and guide, but, but it's always just trying to get better and uh, at your trade. And uh, if you want to be a power five coach, then, <clears throat> you know, the next step like you, well, outside of you, Dan, you know, most people, if you're an assistant coach at Charleston Southern, you're not going to go to a power five. You're going to go be a, a coach at North Texas. So you're going to be a coach at Central Florida, possibly, or Samford or somewhere like that. There's a stepping stone. So I would tell them, say, to be patient, you know, and just live your life daily for the Lord and just trust him and get as good as you can at your job, treat people well. And you know what? If that's what God intends for you, I believe he'll he'll open those doors at the right time. Being patient. Don't let time be the enemy of the harvest. Yeah. Don't let time be the enemy. You hear about people that are didn't become a head coach till they're 55 years old. Well, they didn't give up. If that's the goal and you think God's calling you for that, keep getting better every day and stay humble, treat people well, and it'll come. Yeah. Well, thank you for opening up and sharing. I have one last question if you have a little bit of time. Um between Liberty and Charleston Southern, you took on a uh, ministry job um, for about 15 months or so. Um, I was able to, to go to one of your talks and, and meet some of the, the, the kids you were helping. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and maybe how that has helped you now in your new position now with uh, Charleston Southern? Yeah, well, I will say this, Gene, sometimes you think you're having a good day. And later in life, you look back and realize it was a bad day, right? So there are a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of divorced people, Christians included, 
the day they got married, it was a great day, but two, 10, 20 years later, it's a bad day. Sometimes you think you're having a bad day and you look back later in life and realize it was a good day. So when I started the Asian Hope, that was the ministry. I didn't know what God wanted me to do. I just knew he opened that door. And so I stepped into it and I was director of operations for Asian Hope, the United States director of operations. Sounds a lot fancier than it was, but we were a Christian ministry in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. And we had some Christian schools over there. We had some village schools. So <clears throat> I would tell you that that time, the, the best thing and it's probably what they, you think I would say, probably the best thing that it did for me was just give me time to kind of get back centered again and who, and what I was going to do with the rest of my life. That's why the influence thing came in. So that's during that time, I would run into people in Lynchburg. One of them was, I'm a, here's my wife for soccer. We used to watch me and you and Ms. B play here in 2009. People in grocery stores and all that. That's when this influence thing. So that time with Asian Hope was awesome because we were helping uh, Cambodian children. And I can't speak Khmer, but um, we were helping them have schools that they were coming to know Jesus. And that's, that's awesome. Um, but during that time, God put the desire for me. I didn't know if I wanted to get back into college athletics. Then I was no way going to be an AD again. And then here I am. So it just kind of prepared me with kind of a, a, a holding pattern, if you will. And, um, and God was just preparing me to, um, you know, to become an AD again and put up with all the craziness that I've got to put up with. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, we like to end every interview just asking, how can we be praying for you? You know, that's an awesome thing. I, I would say two things. Patience, pray for patience and wisdom. Or maybe I should say wisdom and then patience. So in my role, I've got to make a lot of decisions and a lot of tough decisions, you know, and and uh, decisions on all kinds of things. And so it's just wisdom. You know, I pray it to you every day. God, just give me wisdom today to make good choices because there's a saying you make choices and then your choices make you. So the choices that I make and whatever are going to make this program or not, and as a Christian university, I wanted to, to honor God. So I pray for wisdom that I make good choices. And then patience. Uh, let me have the patience to wait and not let time be the enemy of the harvest because I'm, I'm one of those guys. I remember at Liberty, we put in baseball lights at the old baseball stadium and we had to raise the money and blah, blah, blah. And I wish I knew who came up to me during the game. It was about the third or fourth inning and somebody came up to me and said, well, Mr. Barber, I know you're really pleased about these lights. First time I ever had lights at the baseball stadium, at the stadium, and the first night game ever. And, uh, and they were like, I know you're really excited to have these lights. And I'm embarrassed by my response. And I still remember it to this day. I wish I could remember who I said it to. So, again, I could apologize. But I said, yeah, they're great. But, man, we've got to get a new stadium. And here I am with my eyes in front looking, pushing on, and not even appreciating the moment. That's embarrassing to me. That's embarrassing that I said that to that guy. I should have looked at that guy and said, man, thank you so much. And we are so blessed and so glad that God was able to help us to raise the money to do it. And this was a great night. And thank you for coming. Not sit here and complain that we need a new stadium now. So yeah. again, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me close this out in prayer then. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you specifically for Mr. Barber and his leadership everywhere he's been and now at Charleston Southern. Um, Lord, I pray for wisdom for him and patience as he makes decisions on a daily basis that, that he'll look to you always and first um, before making those decisions that he'll seek your will and your guidance. 
Um, and then he will always stay focused on the little things that will one day add up to a big thing. Father, thank you again um, for this time together. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Man, I love uh, I love Jeff Barber and, and that uh, that was one of my favorites, Gene, and, and learned so much. The, the biggest takeaway for me was just on the little things. You can just hear how he's um, so passionate about excellence and, and doing what he can with the little things. Um, for me, I was convicted because as he was talking about placements of the trash cans, uh, just this week, we, we, we had one big trash can right at the server facility and it was overflowing this week and and i uh i didn't go the extra mile to, to clean up and, and make sure it looks good for for our guests and so um really really liked what he was saying uh, about the little things yeah um he and it's starting the meetings um he talked about when he starts staff meetings that first thing he does is starts with thanksgiving right and he goes around the table and instead of talking about the problems which are so many for an athletic director he talks about starting them with Thanksgiving just to set the tone of, hey, look how far we've come already. We still got lots of, you know, lots of miles to go, but but we've come a really long uh, distance here. And Chad, we used to go play Charleston Southern all the time because they were in the Big South. And now we haven't in a few years. And just going back this year after being not there for so many years, I noticed how now trash cans have the logo on it or the tennis courts had so many more logos and, and branding and, you know, the, they had a new tent for the players and, and all these things that sometimes we don't think it's important, but it sends a message that we're trying to be excellent in everything we do. For sure. No, I think uh, coaches and athletic directors uh, would really learn a lot from um, this interview. And, and Jeff Barber's doing a phenomenal job everywhere he's been. And we're excited to see him continue to impact lives there at Charleston Southern. And uh, we would, uh, it would mean the world to us if you guys could could rate, review, share, uh, whatever you can do to help spread the word about the, the Christian Coach Podcast. And Coach, athletic director, uh, whoever's listening, uh, just remember that the mission field is right where you're at.